0: Hello and welcome to WrestleWolf, brother dudes and dudettes. This is your AEW Rampage buy in and Rampage review and recap. I'm your host, Dr. Damien Gibson, DMD. Let's get into it. So, a lot of talk about this week's Rampage, seeing that it was going up against SmackDown for half an hour. Um, to try and get more uh, views on it, there was a Rampage buy-in on YouTube, which is not usually the case. Those sort of things are usually reserved for pay-per-views. Usually reserved for big pay-per-views as well. It's not always done. Um, uh, it depends on the promotion. Anyway, wrestling, a lot of different rules for a lot of different people. The big, the talk of the town was that... Uh, that uh, Brian Danielson was going to take on Minori Suzuki uh, on the buy-in. Minori Suzuki is a legend of uh, Japanese wrestling, in particular in New Japan, but has kind of been doing a American tour um, in the last... God, he's been around for the last six weeks, eight weeks. So, um, And he's basically wrestling everyone. He's doing all his dream matches. Um, he's going to be on Impact soon he's done AEW he showed up on some New Japan strong stuff he's doing impact um, look just look him up you, you'll you see all the matches that, that he's been doing if you've got a Fight TV um, account you'll be able to watch most of this stuff I mean you've got to pay for it but anyway the one thing you didn't have to pay for is the buy-in for Rampage so Tay Conti got a win here initially fine uh, they're building her up which is good. I've already spoken about Tay Conti in the past. She's got a lot of potential. All good. Anyway, let's get to what I think is probably going to be my favorite match of the year. That again, I know that constantly changes. We've got the Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in the cage, at all out. We've got uh, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. I, I think that loses marks a little bit because of the 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 timeout or the draw. Um. Which I really liked as booking, but I don't know if you can call your favorite match of all time, all the year, when it's a draw, you know? Um, I mean, I suppose you could. You can do whatever the hell you want. Anyway, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon versus Minoru Suzuki. I I love this match. Uh, Suzuki didn't pull any punches with Brian Danielson at all. There wasn't any protection going on here. A lot of the time over the years in, in different wrestling promotions, the stars will be protected a little bit, except kind of at pay-per-views. That's where they'll they'll go. Uh, hell for leather. You know, you wouldn't, uh, and this isn't a criticism of WWE, but you wouldn't see Roman Reigns in a match like this. You definitely wouldn't see it on a buy-in on YouTube. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, the, the amount of abuse that both guys, but in particular Danielson took, to tell the story in this match is phenomenal and i mean you you could point it out as being as showing danielson's level of commitment to aw which i think is definitely there but um, you know uh, excalibur talked about in the promo beforehand how much brian just loves wrestling and you could tell in this match that he was having the time of his life um I love the lack of respect that Suzuki had for Danielson throughout this match, even towards the end. It's not like it, by the end, you know, the sort of fairy tale story is, oh, well, by the end of the match, you know, uh, Brian or Danielson earned Suzuki's respect. Nah, no, none of that at all. <laughs> um, uh, and there was, you know, just the story of like this cocky monster who is completely underrating the american champion um i mean not that being american had anything to do with it but you know he's coming across from japan he's a big deal over there comes to america just doesn't think you know you whatever you wrestled in wwe for 10 years who gives a shit i'm gonna beat the crap out of you and then loses. um there was enough of a story told here that um you know, like with Suzuki being on top for the majority of the match, that if they wanted a part two, they could definitely make that happen. If it's a one off match, then, you know. I mean, you know, you know a match is something special when the guys on commentary are struggling to find the superlatives to to sum up how much they're enjoying the match. They became there are times in wrestling where everyone involved becomes a fan and even people like Taz Excalibur um I mean Taz has been around forever right you know ECW like early 90s has been in WWE has been in AEW basically since the start you know indies blah 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 he's seen everything and he was loving this match you know like it was completely lost the heel character and was like man this is just amazing um and it I think this is modern wrestling at its best because kayfabe, you know, there seems to be a prevailing attitude that kayfabe is dead and it's been ruined, even though I think you could quite easily, like, keep writing things as kayfabe and just ignoring everything else. Although, I mean, I did say on Impact that Brian Myers and Matt Cardona should stop pretending that they hate each other on Impact. But anyway... uh I think what you need to do now to tell stories that people are into is, is for the wrestlers themselves to take on a bit more brutality in the matches to, to put their bodies on the line a little bit more. And I'm not saying that um, those guys should be going out and killing themselves. But when you watch a match like this and you see what the two guys in the ring put their bodies through, that's how, I mean, they're both very good at what they do, but that that's how you get people on board. Um, I checked last night, there was about 750,000 views on the YouTube clip on AEW's channel in two days. Um, and I know people might point at that and go, no, whatever. It's a, it, they leave that up, you know, that, that this match will just continue to get people into AEW because you'll watch this match and be like, oh, holy shit, if this is the kind of, standard of wrestling I can expect to see on AEW. I might as well give it a go for seven bucks a month or whatever. The I mean, I think it's even less in the States, like five bucks a month or something like that. Um, So amazing. And uh, and then led into Rampage where I was like, oh man, this is going to be a bit of a letdown. Um, We have Matt Seidel versus Sam Punk. It's very easy to forget how good of in-ring operator Matt Seidel is is um if you remember him as Evan Bourne in WWE um you know he I mean he's one of the the best high flyers I've ever seen he's had quite a few injuries over the years because of that and has kind of um developed more of a mat wrestling slash yoga hybrid that he does and 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 showed what he can do in this match to great effect um I like the story being told that Seidel's trying to blow up Punk because that is a reference to a lot of people's criticism after Punk's first match. It's like, oh, it looks like he's got no aerobic ability, you know, it's coming from a bunch of overweight fuckheads on their couch. You know? Punk doesn't look like he's done much exercise in the time that he's gone. Um, So <laughs> uh, I, I liked that little reference. Um. I, I really liked Punk and Seidel punching each other off the top rope. It's not something that I've seen too much of before, mainly because of the bumps that they both took look pretty brutal. Um, I It wouldn't be an episode, it wouldn't be a, a WrestleWolf review if it was, if I didn't have something, a bone to pick with the commentators. Please, AEW, stop using the term veteran. When you use the term veteran, and maybe it's used differently in American sports coverage, but... Just me, to me, the first thing that comes into my head is washed up. So when you say CM Punk's a veteran, even though that is true, you know, I mean, he's been wrestling for 20 something years, same as Seidel, you're selling a product here, right? And AEW is meant to be the vibrant young company where you're constantly talking about every single wrestler in the company being a veteran. I'm pretty sure that's the first thing that comes into people's heads. Also, it plays into this narrative of, like, everybody in AEW is a WWE cast-off. I just think it's, you know, it might seem like a small thing, but I think it's really important to just drop the word. I mean, I'm not saying we should have a... AEW should have a list of words you can't say, but it just, just eradicate it from your vocabulary unless it's really warranted, unless you're talking about someone like Jake the Snake, you know? Like... um. It just, yeah, I just didn't like it. Um, so Adele was on top for the pretty much for the the majority of this match. And again, it's another example of CM Punk putting over people, um, which he would not have to do at all. Um, but it's obviously doing that. It was interesting to watch the, uh, it was like a six-minute promo going into this match, um, which one shows the real improvement in AEW's uh, production values so well done to everybody involved with that it's, things look amazing i mean it, it looked like wwe video primers it, it looked amazing i don't know if they've stolen people from wwe to do these primers but look they looked great um it's we all know that sam punk and evan born have got a relationship there's that photo from 10 12 years ago where all the belts exchanged hands on a certain pay-per-view i can't remember which one it was but it was like punk uh Daniel Bryan, Evan Bourne slash Matt Seidel, um, Kofi Kingston, I think Beth Phoenix was the women's champion. Um, and it was kind of, you know, I think a tweet was sent out of like a new generation of WWE wrestlers and that lasted for about three months and then we went back to, <laughs> you know, Triple H and Randy Orton. And, but anyway, um, so we know that they're friends. We know that like they uh, work together. in I mean, they had amazing footage. I don't know if they got it off Seidel or Punk or whatever, but of them basically wrestling in an armory to like 11 people from like 16, 17 years ago. Uh, this is why you should go support your local indie wrestling promotions when you can, man, because you never know who you're going to see. You'll be able to tell people, like, I saw Sam Punk, I saw Sam Punk wrestle Matt down in an armory in front of nine people. You'll be able to bore all your friends with that story in 20 years' time. Um, anyway, this is a great match. CM Punk gets the win. It's a hard-fought win over Matt Seidel. It elevates Seidel a little bit, and I think he'll end up being in this Leo Rush uh, faction that's going on. So, cool. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's it's nowhere near as good as, as Brian Danielson versus <laughs> Suzuki, but um was a good match nonetheless. Uh, Taz singing is my new favorite thing. Um there, so singing along to Ruby Soho's theme song, which is Ruby Soho by Rancid, um, Ruby gets the win in an underdog way in this match against uh, the Bunny, which I wasn't one hundred percent sure of. And then Penelope Ford comes down, and her and the Bunny beat down uh, Ruby Soho. Um, I don't know about Penelope Ford, guys. Have we? I mean, we've have we seen any improvement in her? in two years i mean she's one of the people that that came on board almost immediately and i think the majority of those people that were signed that we didn't really know much about when AEW started have all come along in some shape or form um you know whether that's the lucha bros sammy guevara orange cassidy um even even wrestlers like tay conti or anna jay um you know, Chris Statlander, um, Hikaru Shida—they've all—they've all improved in some shape or form. You know, um, I just don't know. I don't. Yeah, and I think maybe that's why they've tagged her with, like, that's why they've paired her up with the bunny to try and one bring her out of her shell a little bit um, on Mike. But I just don't know if her ring on she. She can wrestle okay, but it's a lot of gymnastic stuff, and it just feels like she's always a little bit late to the spots. And I don't know. I mean, she's very beautiful. I understand that. She's she's marketable. So, you know, I'm not saying throw her away, but I just, you know, watching this match, I was like, I just don't know if Penelope Ford has done anything. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it it kind of is a bit like Nyla Rose as well. I, I just haven't seen any... Change in them or any improvement in them. To be fair to Nyla Rose, I've seen a, a more on BTE on on being the elite. Nyla Rose is actually pretty fun. I'm trying to get that onto TV is what should be happening. um But Penelope Ford, I just haven't seen. You know, she just seems very wooden. And um you know, for a wrestling show. It does nothing. So you either need to put her with a manager, um, which could be the bunny, or I don't know. She just needs to move on or go and do some work in in a place like NWA or Impact or something to be able to come back to you know. Because you're putting her on shows like this towards the top of the card. I don't know, man. It just yeah, you know, especially when you compare it to people like Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. They are just light years ahead of her um, so anyway uh, I feel like my next r- criticism review is going to turn a lot of people off but this is how I feel about this so so we've got the top team American top team versus uh, inner a, a circle, there's Mark Henry's interview which I, I've gone on the break, I really like, I think now that Mark Henry's off the commentary desk and he's just doing these interviews leading into the main event of Rampage all good Excellent. Fantastic. Um I didn't enjoy this at all. This match. I, I, I was talking to Matt about this while I was watching it, and I was like, I just I don't think there's been one MMA pro wrestling crossover that I've liked. I think I've hated every single one. And that that includes wrestlers like Brock Lesnar. I know Brock Lesnar was wrestling. Fans. Um you know, uh, Ronda Rousey, there's this attitude that seems to come across from MMA people of like, oh, this stupid little thing. And I, it, it belittles, you know, the, it belittles the product. Now, I, I know, I know that these guys this isn't me taking the kayfabe seriously and being like, oh, there's so bad things about wrestlers. I hate them. It's the fact that the, pro- like, you know, the, if anyone outside of the main stickman, Dan, whatever his name is, cuts any sort of promo, it's terrible. They're in rim work. is terrible. Um, I know people keep sort of talking about like the the woman in top team is is some sort of potential star. Okay, we'll go wrestle in the indies for a couple of years and then come back and, you know, like this is what, this kind of stuff is what gets in the, was getting in the way of a lot of WWE stuff. The people would just be brought in. They'd be given title shots and, and main event matches that just you know the fans see that they don't deserve i understand that wrestling is all kayfabe but i mean this from a point of view of like you know you might have someone someone like uh i don't know man orange cassidy right mm-hmm. who's who is a big star people love him he's been with the company from the beginning but he's and i know he's going to be on dynamite but he's not in the main event of Rampage, we've got a bunch of MMA wrestlers, so Jericho and Jake Hager can live out some sort of, I don't know, fanboy storyline here, you know. I mean, there are some occasional good moments, especially when Jericho's going head-to-head with uh, whatever his name is. Um, But I I just, yeah. Del Santos looked out of his depth uh, unless he was doing anything that looked MMA-ish, and that's always the case, you know. Like, and then it just becomes boring. It just becomes grappling. Um, they always, you know, like they can't they can't make anything look fake. If that I mean, that's a bizarre. I know that's a bizarre criticism, but it's the truth. Like they, they just constantly. They look like people who are play fighting. And they just don't seem to give a shit, you know. Um, uh, Just continually, like, uh, mentioning all the other people who were at ringside, like us as wrestling fans, are meant to be impressed. I've said this on numerous other podcasts before. I don't think there's as big a crossover between MMA and pro wrestling fans. And I think that attitude of like, oh, you know, if we go after MMA fans, it's the same demographic. And look, I assume that wrestling companies have information telling them that. Otherwise, they wouldn't bother with these things. The only other reason I can think that they bother with these things is because they themselves are fans of MMA and they want to rub shoulders with these guys. Because personally, if I was running a wrestling promotion, I would be going after people who watch things like the flash or you know <laughs> uh i zombie i'd be watching i'd be going after cw fans i wouldn't be going after ufc fans because as i can continuously keep saying and i'm sure there is some crossover. i'm not saying there isn't any at all but i think the vast majority of mma fans having known this from my work last workplace where the majority of people i worked with were massive mma fans they had no interest in pro wrestling because to them it's not real and they want to watch People Legitimately kick the shit out of each other. Um, so I, I just think it, yeah, I just think it's going after the wrong demographic. Um, I look, Dos Santos did take a, a half decent bump through a table. I'll give him that. Uh, Jericho had the lion tamer locked in here, top team beat him down. Jericho, um, they beat down Jericho, there's like eight of them, and then Santana and Ortiz hit the ring and they all bail. That was another thing. Like, if I take my dislike for all things MMA away from this, even the way that this thing was booked didn't make any sense because there's like 7,000 of them in the ring. Santana and Ortiz run down and then they all bail, you know? it just I was like, uh, I don't know. I feel like this is a mid-card feud at best. Um it looks like it's going to carry on. It probably looks like it's going to carry on to the next pay-per-view. I assume that Tony Khan and AEW see potential crossover and dollars in having American top teams, so I suppose this is something I'm gonna to have to put up with. But I me personally, you know, I come to AEW to watch things like Danielson versus Suzuki. If I wanted to watch a variety show then i'd watch wwe and that's no disrespect to that kind of product if that's what you want to watch fine but it it just feels very the fed um is it the worst thing i've ever seen in my life no but does it kind of frustrate me a little bit when it shows up on aw programming yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um you know, I think it's probably a little bit that I feel like the inner circle should be should have been broken up by now as well. I know they do good business. I know Tony Khan wanted to keep them together, um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like the the point of a faction is to put at least one of the wrestlers in the faction over. Sammy Guevara is now the the um. TNT title holder I don't know if he needs the inner circle you know it kind of feels like maybe the inner circle need Sammy Guevara more than he needs the inner circle I'd like to see Santa Santana and Ortiz on their own as well I mean it it does look to be fair it is consistent everybody kind of has a faction in AEW it's kind of like prison rules everyone joins a gang and so it's not the worst thing ever, but I don't know. There's just there was just something, especially after watching Danielson versus Suzuki. Not to bang on about it, this just felt a bit sideshow attraction. But anyway, um, it'll be interesting to see what the ratings were uh, with SmackDown versus AEW. I mean, I think SmackDown the week before had done two point one million viewers, and Rampage had done. 500,000. So I think it's going to be a bit of a bloodbath. But anyway, it's all a bit of fun. Anyway, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to leave it there, guys. Thank you so much for listening and passing this on to other people. Our Twitter followers are going up all the time, which is amazing. Um, Getting more positive feedback all the time from you guys. So thank you so much for that. Uh, If you want to help us out, you can by sharing it, as I just said, uh, giving us a review. Especially on on Apple, um, Apple Podcasts, I think they call themselves now. Uh, that helps us get to more people, get us up the charts, um, and uh, yeah, we are charting in um, in some countries as well, which is amazing. Iceland, uh, Canada recently. Um, oh god, there was a few other countries, New Zealand australia um so like in the wrestling category but still i mean that's amazing it's a one and a half man operation here so um to be charting anywhere as i've said in the past is amazing and we just consistently sort of sit in there now so uh that's because of you guys coming back and, and downloading it all the time but we can get bigger and stronger always and i can only do that with your help so thank you so much but if you could do it again that'd be awesome um all right You'll hear from me next with the Dynamite review. I'm sorry that things are a little bit behind schedule this week, but uh, things kind of happening in the old personal life that have pushed things back a couple of days. Everything's all good, nothing bad, but, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. But anyway, until next time, brother dudes and dudettes, may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night.